You know, I did a quick Google um, before we came, looking at kind of Easter and what comes up when you put Easter into Google. And I don't know what you think about always when you think about Easter, but can I cut the slides on, please, Peter? So is it something like the kind of Easter bunnies? Aren't they so cute? I couldn't resist that little picture at the top. Easter bunnies and Easter eggs. And I read a report this week that apparently, very controversial, often Easter eggs now don't even have the word Easter. They're called just eggs now. They're not even called Easter eggs. They're just called eggs. Oh, what was that? That's a ho- oh, that's not okay. <laughs> Don't believe what it says on Google. <laughs> but the other thing that many people like about Easter, I love about Easter is hot cross buns. Do you know, I was thrilled to go into a well-known high street store yesterday and discover they have seven different flavours of hot cross buns. You can get St. Clement's, you can get chocolate and fudge, you can get um, s- beef. I didn't see beef. Oh, brilliant cranberry, but actually in the hot cross bun, ginger, all kinds of different flavours. So Easter is wonderful because it's about hot cross buns. Sorry. Hecklers, calm down. It's my talk. <laughs> it's your turn at coffee, okay? <laughs> no, I love the interactive. As long as I can hear what you say. If you're going to heckle, please heckle in a proper Winchester accent. Then I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> So what else do we love about Easter? Well, lots of all gets go back one. Lots of people oh skips ahead. Lots of people love getting together with family. I don't know what, who's tickling that guy in the orange t-shirt, but he's having a great time at that family party. And some people love the fact that we get together as families sometimes over Easter. But this is my particular favourite. I was talking to a neighbour over the road, and I said, "What are you doing for Easter?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going to my partner's house. Her front lawn is nearly as long as this road." And um, and he's going to be sorting out her lawn. <laughs> so for lots of people, Easter is about grass cutting and lawn maintenance. I hope that isn't your story for today or tomorrow. This is something else that you might well have seen on social media this week. That there was a church trying to get the real message of Easter out. They tried to make a banner, which they were going to put outside church, but had a slight typo. <laughs> so... As we know, Christ is risen, but somebody called Chris had a quite happy day that day. Chris is risen. Now, thankfully, apparently they caught it before it was too late and managed to make the necessary amendments. So Easter, so many different focuses. But as Christians gathering today, we celebrate the fact that Easter is about Jesus. Today is the most important celebration within our, our Christian calendar, within our, well, there's a whole reason for our Christian faith. You know, Christmas is great, but actually Easter is even better. At Christmas, we celebrate that God came, but at Easter, we celebrate that he died for us. And you know, my dream this, this week that I didn't manage to fulfill, maybe I'll do it for next year, was I, I was at the staff meeting this week and I said, wouldn't it be so cool if people could come on Sunday morning and we could just have the place filled with helium balloons? And I was going to get these really big silver ones that said the word Jesus, you know, big J and a big E and S U S. And I said this to the staff team and they all went, yeah. <laughs> so next year, if you'd like to help, that happen, help me make that happen, then come and let's blow up helium balloons on Easter Saturday. Because as, as um, Michael said, today is a party and a celebration. And as that little movie right at the beginning kind of recommended to us or suggested to us, today is a day to gaze at Jesus. And, you know, you might have come today for lots of different reasons. It might be that you've never actually gazed at Jesus at all, that you've come today because on Easter Sunday, church is a good place to be. And if that's you, you are so welcome today. 
It might be that you're a friend or family member of someone getting baptised. And again, church just isn't a familiar place to you. And you've never really taken time to think about Jesus and to gaze at Jesus. And if that's you, you are so welcome today. And it might be that you've known Jesus for a long time, been celebrating Easter's for many years. And again, for you, welcome. And I encourage you just again with me, let's just gaze at Jesus today. It's a funny thing, really, as we celebrate Jesus, because what we're celebrating today at Easter, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus died on a cross. Now, when I was chatting with Clarissa, one of our interns this week, and she said, I've never really thought much about the cross, what it was about. So I looked up online to see what crucifixion was about. And if you take time to do that, it's actually quite horrifying. You know, the Romans designed crucifixion as their most barbaric form of torture. They made it as bad as they could to punish people and to put them off from doing the wrong stuff, to make them toe the line. And yet this was the death that Jesus was sent to. And what makes it even more outrageous on one level and more shocking is actually he didn't deserve to go. He hadn't actually done anything wrong. It was all cooked up. It was a false accusation. There were, it was a false trial. He shouldn't really have been there. And so on a human level, we think, well, that was outrageous. That was unfair. That was barbaric. And yet there's a story behind it all. And that's what we think about today. And we've got three different people who are getting baptised this morning. And each of them have had the chance to think through this story. And so I just invite you to come with me on a little journey to think about the Easter story. We're going to think about the way from the cross to the empty tomb. And there are four different aspects that I'd like to think about. Now, I grew up going to um, a Baptist church. And so whenever I was there, there were all sermons that all began with the same letter. So I've been thinking this week, what am I going to say? And, you know, yesterday I was sitting on my bed and it came to me. So you're in for a treat today because all my points begin with an R. Now, I did share them with Nigel and he said, I'm not sure how rememberable they are, but they all do do begin with an R. So what we're looking at today is the fact that we need to recognise that actually there is a problem We need to realise that, wonderfully, there is a solution. We get the chance to respond. We can give a yes or a no answer. And there is a result. If we do respond with a yes, then everything changes. So first of all, recognising there's a problem. You know, the reason why Jesus had to go and die on a cross was because of us. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 3... Verse 23, it says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, that's quite kind of old world language, isn't it? Sin is the word that describes the stuff that we do wrong, the stuff that separates us from God. And lots of us don't like to admit it. But actually, if we're honest with ourselves, lots of us try and hide from the shame and the guilt of the stuff we've done. You know, on um, Thursday nights, it was in the Christian calendar, it's called Maundy Thursday. And we celebrate when Jesus had his last meal with his mates. And we had a, a meal here and some time to reflect. And one of the different things we did as a reflection, we, we had a cross. And we were all invited to write down stuff that we'd done wrong and pin it on the cross. And, you know, it was really interesting because I sat and as I wrote mine down, I thought, how do I word this in a way that one, people don't know it's me And two, if they work out that it is me, they won't actually think it's that bad. (laughs) That's honestly what I thought. And then I came to the cross and I was quite relieved because all the people before me had actually folded theirs up. And so you couldn't actually see what they'd written anyway. So I thought, thank goodness for that. I didn't need to worry so much. But because the stuff we do wrong 
to be honest, is shameful. That's what I find. If you knew what I was really like, then I don't know whether you would like me. I hope you would. But if you knew what I'm like at home sometimes with my family, or the things that I, with my family smiling at me, or the things that, things that I do and say, or the things that I don't do, or the attitude that I have sometimes, those things are, I can be ashamed of. And if we're all honest and we look at ourselves, there wouldn't be many of us who actually would, could say, no, actually, there's nothing wrong with me. But we don't like to admit it. And today, on Easter Sunday, is a day to take an opportunity and say, actually, there is a problem. But, you know, thankfully, the next point, the next R shows us that actually we can recognise that there is a solution. God loved us. God loves us. John 3.16 is a verse that many people know. You know, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And the message is a modern version of the Bible. And in that version, this is how it describes it. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son his one and only son. And this is why, that no one need be destroyed, but by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Isn't that amazing and isn't that wonderful? God didn't leave us where he could have done, but he actually provided a solution and a way out for us. And you may be thinking, yeah, this is all very well for you. Yeah, I've just told you I grew up going to a church, you know. Maybe you're very different to me. Maybe you've, this is the first time you've been along to a church building. Maybe you've never seen a baptism before or even thought about Jesus. Maybe you've got stuff that you think is just far worse than I could even imagine or that anyone's written on here. There's a story in the Bible that Peter, who was one of Jesus' best friends, and later on became to be like a pillar in the church. He went to speak to a guy called Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was um, what was called a Gentile. Peter was a Jew. Cornelius was a non-Jew, which was called a Gentile. And in those days, the assumption was that Jesus had come just to help the Jews. That was why he was here. And Cornelius, being a Gentile, was thought to, the door was closed to him. There was no way in. But God sent Peter to go and talk to this guy, Cornelius, who was culturally worlds apart from him. And he said this, he says, Peter fairly exploded with his good news. This is in Acts 10. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favourites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. So this message, this truth, is for me and is for you, whoever you are, wherever you're from. So if you have the courage to recognise there is a problem, that we've all done that stuff that's wrong, if you're then able to recognise or realise that there is a solution, that Jesus came and that he died on the cross, he took the, the price, he paid the price, he took the penalty, as we've been singing, for the stuff that we've done wrong. He did an exchange for us. He basically made an offer and he said, look, if you want to, I'll take the bad stuff that you've done wrong. I'll take your old life. In exchange, I'll give you my new life. 
I'll come in. I'll send my Holy Spirit to be in your heart. And I'll show you how to live a new and an abundant life. Do you want it? And the third R, if you've been able to remember, is that we need to make a response. And the point about this offer is that it's a yes or no answer. You know, sometimes when I'm at home, I might say to one of my kids, oh, can someone just set the table for dinner? And I might get a yes, hopefully. I might get a no. Often I get a maybe. But actually, maybe is often the same as a no. And the truth about this invitation is it invites a yes or a no answer. There aren't really any maybes because a maybe is the same as a no. The thing about this invitation, do you want to come and have this new life from Jesus? The thing about it is it is on offer to all of us. And God is so desperate to be back in friendship with us that the offer is open. As long as we live and as long as we breathe. But you know, I was reflecting on those dear people who were murdered in Brussels last week. They were ordinary people going about ordinary lives. I don't imagine any of them realised that would be their last day. And yet it was. And none of us know how long we've got. And I did wonder about saying this to you because I'm not trying to kind of bully you into making a decision or push you into it. But I just think it's important that we all realise and understand that actually time for all of us is limited And we don't know when our last day is going to be. And so if you're offered an invitation, it's really good to take time to think about it and say, is it a yes? Am I going to do what Nathan and David and Laura have done and say yes to Jesus? Or am I going to choose to say no? And it is completely your choice. There's no one to twist your arm. There's no one to make you. But it is a decision that all of us are faced with and all of us need to make. And today... You know, in fact, one other thing, I was talking to a, um, a teenager last, uh, about three, three weeks ago now, um, and explaining some of this stuff that I've been explaining to you. She was quite a young girl, and I was talking to her about following Jesus and the difference that it would make. And you know, I was so impressed with her, because it would have been easy for her to say, oh yeah, yeah, okay, what do I do? Do I need to pray a prayer, or how do I kind of have, the, have this new life? And she actually said, wow, that's a really big decision. That changes everything. She's only 17. And I just thought, you're absolutely right. And I really respect you for understanding that and now for taking some time to think about it. Because making this decision isn't just a once-in-a-moment thing. It is something that completely changes your life. For me, choosing to follow Jesus has made a dramatic impact on my life. I realise I'm standing here with this. Some people say the cross is a crutch, don't they? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need a crutch. I'll put this back. (laughs) But for me, choosing to follow Jesus has meant that I haven't done certain things that I think I would probably maybe have liked to have done. Because I've asked him if I can do it, and he's kind of said, no, 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 don't go that way, go this way. I've done other things that I never imagined I would do, like coming to Winchester from the Midlands and leading this church with Nigel. That wasn't in my plan to do. And yet, because he said, come this way, this is where we're going, that's what I've done. It's been the most amazing and incredible adventure for me, the most amazing, incredible journey. And if you speak to the guys getting baptised today, I'm sure they would have similar stories about how God is kind of directing them and guiding them. And we'll hear their stories shortly. So I invite you today to recognise there's a problem, to realise that wonderfully there is a solution, to respond. And then finally, there's a result. 
and the result is that everything does change. There's a, a little booklet that, that you might have seen which talks about how when you, you invite Jesus into your life, he actually takes the driving seat. He's the one who's in charge and he's the one who directs where you should go. And for those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus, and there are many people here who have, there are other results too, aren't there? There are results that we know peace and joy and help and courage when we need it and love and forgiveness. But also there are results in us, in the people that we are. And I wonder, believers, those of you who are Christians here, how different are you today than you were last week or last month? How different am I to how I was last year? Because if I say that the Holy Spirit lives in me, then you should be, and my family should be seeing more of his character outworked in me all the time. You know, there are certain things he comes in and does dramatically and quickly. Um, When I was younger, I used to have a really awful temper. Um, I used to get very angry very quickly. And for me, I had an amazing God moment, actually, when I was baptised. And as I, I went to the water and as I came out again, I just had a sense of God's presence and his joy like I'd never sensed before. And sometimes that's what happens with people. And from then, I stopped being angry. It was amazing, a dramatic thing. Of course, I sometimes get angry, but not the rage that I used to feel. So God changed me in a dramatic way. And yet there are other things I just have to work on. There are other things where I have to make decisions and I have to make choices to choose to go God's way and not to choose to do the things that would just be easier or perhaps feel more comfortable. And that's the same for all of us, isn't it, as believers? And so if you are a Christian here, I just encourage you to think, how am I changing? You know, what is the result of of God being in my life and filling my life? So there should be a little picture. We've got a chance to respond today. And it might be that for the first time, you want to, first of all, just commit to finding out more. Is it going to be a yes or is it going to be a no? It might be that actually you've considered Jesus for a while and today's your day to make a decision and choose to say yes and follow him. And if that is you, there'll be a chance to say this prayer if you would like to later on this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. I know you're the only way to God, so now I want to quit disobeying you and start living for you. Please forgive me, change my life, and show me how to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.